0: My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really?, which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can Trust that they are telling the truth just as much as I am, as it feels right for them. Also, noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering, we have included a six-minute cool-down meditation by Liliana Rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure. And this soundscape is brought to you by Scott Reed Jr. what is up y'all welcome back to another episode of damn mom really which is a show that everybody wants to listen to and nobody wants to be on y'all know every week I come crazy with the guests I have the best guests, and today's guest is no different I got my girl Lexi in the building and we're gonna talk about our moms but before we get into it I just want you to introduce yourself so Lexi
1: welcome to the show how you doing today awesome hi today I'm here I'm so happy to be here um, my name is uh, Alexis Jennings but I go by Lexi uh, I'm 26, living in Philadelphia and having a good time. Awesome, awesome. And how are you feeling today? Like on a scale of one to 10? You know, that's a good question. And I just actually downloaded an app from my roommate where it asks you how you feel each day and like it does like a check-in and you're able to like clearly describe how you're feeling based off of like the list that they give you. So according to today, I'm feeling very mellow, just like very comfortable in my space, excited for the weekend and just kind of ready for the the summer, definitely and the, you know, longer days.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> about that and how grief affects (laughs) seasonal depression because girl yeah (laughs) girl but okay
1: so first things first let's start out with what your mom's name is yeah so my mom's full name is paula marcia morales dixon
0: oh okay 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 Okay. And how old were you when you lost your mom? I was 24. Oh, wow. And you're 26 now. So it's been two years. It's been a little over mm-hmm. two years, right? Yeah,
1: it'll be three years
0: in November. Wow. So you lost your mom at such a festive time of the year. Has that or does that change the way that you view holiday season?
1: Absolutely. Um, before my mom passed, Thanksgiving was actually my favorite holiday. I love the like food and just being around my family. I think as a culture in my family, we kind of use food as a way to come together, whether Mm -hmm. it's for a cookout barbecue, like even during like NFL season, we'd all like come together and eat at someone's house and enjoy Mm -hmm. the activity for that day. Uh So you know, Thanksgiving was nothing different, right? We'd come together. But unfortunately, my mom was in the hospital pretty much all of of Thanksgiving Day. And it was, you know, we kind of touch and go, we really didn't know what was happening yet. We didn't know how serious it was. And then around eight, or I want to say like eight or 9pm, I got a call from my stepdad saying that she wasn't likely to be able to make it through the night. So we had to get to Mm -hmm. the hospital right away. So she ended up passing away early morning on Black Friday. So that's kind of definitely impacted how I view holidays, especially because Not only did I want to be with her, but I knew how much the holidays meant to her. Like that's when, you know, she really brightened up and she was very like into holidays. Like even now, you know, with Easter just passing, I mean, I was a full grown adult, but she Mm -hmm. still like made Easter baskets for me and my brother and like got the little green grass and like put it in the little basket (laughs) And at, she, she was, she was like, you know, my coworkers are doing this for their kids, and I'm like, but they're eight, you know, like, and, and I'm 22, you know? And I would be like, Mom, you don't have to do that. But now I, I understand where she was coming from. She just genuinely loved the holidays and she loved family, and I think that holidays gave her the reason to really show out for that. And I, I now absolutely respect, respect that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like now I'm older and it's like, I would love to have an Easter basket for my mom and just like joke about it a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So understanding how heavily your mom loved the holidays, has that made you more
1: interested in kind of keeping that tradition alive? Or have you kind of shied away from that a bit? It's been a struggle. Honestly, I think I've been kind of going back and forth. Like the first like two years, or the first I'd say like Christmas and Thanksgiving afterwards was kind of hard to like be in that, you know, holiday mood and and want to continue that legacy for her. I think I was just kind of very, I was just grieving a lot. And I didn't realize how much it was gonna impact my daily life and so I yeah so I still try to do small things that honor her but in a way that I'm comfortable with and I think that that's still something that I am still trying to figure out I think it does take a couple of years mm-hmm. of like trying different things figuring out like what would they do and, and and what do you like to do and how can you kind of combine that so you're your you're satisfying yourself, but you're also like honoring the person you're missing. So to be determined, I should say. (laughs) that's
0: a great answer. And you know what? It's so interesting because I was recently talking to my therapist about this idea of coming into your own and finding your oneness outside of your mom. And I know you and your mom are very close and I'm super close with my mom as well. And I think growing up, you know, it's easy to say like, okay, their ideals are my ideals. And what they like... I like. And then when you're like confronted with the loss of them, you really have to find yourself. It's like, who am I? What do I like? And I find myself kind of in a like a bit of maybe like a rebellious period, like doing things. I'm like, okay, I know that my mom would not like this. Or like, I know that this is something I wouldn't do if she was here, but just trying to figure out who I am. And I feel like I kind of am spiraling in a way but I also kind of feel free at the same time. And so I'm really happy that you brought that up because it really is this whole push and pull about who am I outside of my mom and my experience with her and my existence with her because now that she's transitioned, I really have to like figure it out
1: myself. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, me and my mom were... Well, I should say this, like, we looked very alike, like, Mm -hmm. to the point where people would mistake me for her, her for me, and... I had a nickname in my hometown called like Little Paula. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I was referred to. So I felt very connected to my mom where she was the only one in my life that could understand me. She was the only one that could understand my emotions. Like, Mm -hmm. I just felt like a true God just like separated, like took her apart and just made me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was just here. And I felt like my other half was, was missing. You know, I felt like, who am I without Paula, you know, Mm. and I did not know how to, to answer that. And that's still something that I am still figuring out. I think that I definitely agree with your therapist in the fact that like, you have kind of have to figure out, who you are as a person too, because our parents, they do their best to remind us that like, they're not always going to be here. Right. And they're, you know, I remember one time, my mom, I had a dream, you know, that my mom passed away and I called her right away. And I was like, mom, like, can you believe it? That dream was crazy. And she was like, well, you know, Alexis, I'm not going to be here forever. God's going to take me. And I remember being like, Girl, you are tripping. Like, that's a lie. Like, that is as if I didn't know how life worked. You know, like, I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, anyway, what are you doing today? You know, and I had to kind of really parent and mother myself in a way that not a lot of my other friends have to do. Right. Like, I was trying to figure out. Okay, how do I honor my mom, but also respect my goals and my aspirations? Because at the end of the day, I am different. You know, there are things of my mom that I absolutely want to emulate, and things that I want to do, and and to honor her and to honor her her life, and you know, live for her, but also live for me. And I think like combining our like loves for things, I think is something that I'm still kind of tackling, but it. it, it's a journey. And I, I think that I respect it in a way like it's, it's tough, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. A
0: hundred percent. I just want to go back to your dream earlier. Cause I think that we've all kind of had those right. Every once in a while we have yeah. a dream, somebody we love passes away and then we wake up and we're just yeah. so happy that it was a dream. And yeah. now we kind of exist in this really weird inverse that it's like, wait, what? So yeah. When your mom was here, I know sometimes people are like, oh, you know, if I lost my mom, I don't know what I would do. But I know right before I lost my mom, me and my cousin had had a conversation and like he knows how close I am with my mom. And he was like, oh, you would throw yourself in the casket and you would act like this and this and this and this. But I've surprised myself in the way that I've been different versus how I perceived that I would be when my mom was still here, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You say it's the same for you. Like, did you think that you would be handling things
1: a lot differently? I think that, so I have to give you a little bit of a backstory on this. And I'm going to start with, I truly believe that God is real or some universe, something up there that is telling me this was going to happen. Because for a few years before my mom passed, I started to have these dreams of, at my mom's funeral. Mm-hmm. And each time they would get more more telling right like the first time it was kind of grainy like I, I didn't know who was dying I just knew that I was at a funeral and that I was speaking mm-hmm. and then each time it would get more clear and more clear and this happened I'd say about maybe six to seven times with the span of about four years mm-hmm. and it was obviously very scary you know like I would wake up like, And sometimes I would just call my mom and just like, hey, you okay? Like, or see what she's doing. But I really didn't pay attention to it because I just thought that like, it was just an unconscious fear. And then, yeah. And then like the last dream was about a few weeks before she passed. And I remember a full like speech doing like reflections. And yeah, it it was so crazy that I actually at my mom's funeral, I took a lot of what I said in that dream and said that in real life. No. Yeah.
2: Oh yes.
1: My God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And ever since my mom passed, I have not had that dream. Not I one know. time, not one time since she's passed. And I truly believe that I think something up there was preparing me for You're what was going to happen. You know, yeah. like this is going to happen and, and I need you to be prepared. And obviously you can't, only you can only do so much to prepare for someone's death, right? Even if you do know that it's happening at yeah. the time, I didn't know that my mom was very sick. You know, yeah. I knew she was not doing well, but she did a very good job of like not telling me and my brother and family members. Yeah, and okay, I I found this on the.
0: Sorry, my Siri just started off, girl. <laughs> I swear every time I it's something like random thing happens and I'm like, oh somebody's (laughs)
1: like, I don't know if it's my mom or your mom, but they're saying (laughs) Yeah, they're saying hi. They're like, yep, that's about right. Um but uh but yeah, no, I had that dream and you know, I think for me, how I handled my mom's my mom's passing definitely relates back to that dream. Like I when she passed, everyone kind of not say everyone, but they kind of all looked at me like, okay, you know, what are we going to do with the casket? You know, how are we going to do this? And, you know, at the time we were having a funeral during COVID, right? Which is already a sucky thing, right? We only yeah. were allowed to have 15 people in the room and that included the pastor and the funeral staff, you know? Yeah. So we, yeah. So we, you know, and my mom knew everyone, right? And we have, we already have a very big family. So it was disheartening to tell, have to tell people that like, we can't have you in, yeah, like you can't come, you can wait outside, you can, you know, but, you know, being a part of that, I think that like, it kind of gave me something to do. I, I couldn't sit idly by, you know, like, yes, I chose my mom's last outfit, you know, yes, I wrote the obituary. Yes. I, I got the pictures together and I tried to make sure that every person that i knew she loved and, and loved her were in the photos right like you have to be you have to not just f- focus on yourself but you have to like think about like not only did i lose a mom but someone lost a cousin someone lost an aunt you know someone lost you know a coworker that always you know was there for them on their you know bad days and so i had to kind of consider things that i've never had to consider before and you know i think in a way how i handled it I did the best that I could, but I think that I, like, it wasn't a shock, you know, like, I was like, I'm very, so my family kind of jokingly calls me, like, the project manager of the family, like, it's my job to, like, make sure that my grandma has someone to, like, take, take her to her appointment, mm-hmm. or I check in with my dad, like, once a week and make sure that he's good, and I've kind of like taken on that role because that was my mom's role. And that's one Mm -hmm. of the things that like, you know, I try to continue. But I also think that in that moment, you know, I really had to step up for me and my brother, and, and kind of just figure out, you know, how we were going to handle this, because, you know, it's only me and him and my stepdad. And, you know, it was a lot to handle for just a few people. And but it was like, I'm grateful for my family, like, they definitely, like, you know, helped me when I needed it and helped me figure it all out. Because that was the first funeral that I've ever been to that I was in the front row, you know, like where you're the person that is like, you know, I wouldn't I don't want to say mostly impacted, but you're the one that has to go and work with the funeral director yeah. And, yeah yeah it's like yeah your every like single day. yeah and you know and it was something totally different than what I was used to um I was always when I would go to funerals in the past it was always oh an aunt an uncle great aunt you know like it made I, I don't want to say like made sense but you know like that was just that was how it was. You have weddings, you have funerals, you've got baby showers, you know, it was just another family event where this one completely changed my view on grief and and losing a family member.
0: Yeah, so you said a couple different things and I do want to make sure that I I tap on everything, especially about how grief has changed you, but it's so interesting to talk to you. You know, obviously we've texted and stuff, but I feel like you're you feel like such a mirror for me. I have a brother too. And, uh, you know, we didn't, my mom didn't pass during COVID, but I do know what it was like to pick out those last outfits and help pick out the photos and kind of remove yourself from being the center especially as a person who like you I definitely feel so much like an extension of my mom that a lot of times I really felt like it was only me and her in the world and like sometimes I I still really feel that way but I want to talk to you a little bit about the ability to consider other people's feelings and kind of place yourself not necessarily on the back burner but sort of be involved in the way that it's like okay this person and this person and this person and this person is also affected by this. Was there ever kind of a struggle for you to come to terms with that?
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah. You know, because when you, for me, I should say, when I like lost my mom, the only thing I could think about was her. Like that's, I I use this like saying, all I can see is her, right? I can't see anyone else. I can't see your pain. I can't see, I I just know that my mom is not here and I don't know how to deal with that. Um, And it was during like the process with, you know, my family and, you know, they have much more experience burying loved ones, you know, and they had to tell me, you know, Alexis, like, you have to consider this, you have to consider that. Like, I know that you're hurting, but, you know, there are other people here too that, you know, are also hurting. And, you know, Absolutely. your mom just wasn't your mom. She was a dynamic person, you know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people loved her. And it, Absolutely. Like, it's it's a mind check, right? Like, you have to remember, like, yes, you're hurting, but like, so are other people. And, and they mm-hmm. have, they should have the right to grieve just like you do, you know, and you all should be able to come together and kind of be able to grieve for that person together. I think for me, what made me kind of rework how I thought about it is that like, these people have stories about my mom that I never knew. And, mm-hmm in a way it's nice because I can talk to them and, and learn about who they, who was Paula to you, you know, yeah. and hear stories, yeah, about who she was. Because my mom, as she got older, she kind of like put back a lot of her young days and like never really told me of my brother stuff. And mm-hmm. now I like learn back, I'm like, oh, you was out here, you know, chirping a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. you were. Know, yeah yeah and it's 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 definitely like re it's I don't even know how to explain it but it makes me feel like she's still here you know like hearing stories about who she was as a person before she was a mother you know because once she became a mom that's who she was you know that's she always she loved me and my brother and she yeah. said there were three things that she loved in life and that was God and me and my brother and you know yeah. I yeah, yeah, like, and I, you know, I absolutely respected it, and I, I think that like it's now nice to kind of hear from other people and how she impacted their life and how our stories aren't necessarily different because it's like, oh, she, she did, she made me feel that same way, but in a motherly role, and you made mm-hmm. her or she made you feel that way, and in, in a co-worker's role or in a friend role or a niece role, you know. So I think that it can be a little tricky, especially when you're in the moment. I think what I'm grateful for is that my family gave me a lot of grace they like you know they let me be upset and be angry and they helped me like figure out how how to deal with these emotions and I'm very grateful for them because they've absolutely could have said like Alexis is tripping and Alexis is mad and like mm-hmm. but they didn't give up on me and and, and that's one thing I, I am tremendously grateful for. Yeah,
0: And that is so beautiful. I asked that question because I've definitely struggled with that a lot even sometimes still where I feel like I'm like the only one grieving just because you see other people go back to their lives and stuff but for me I'm like like, you know, my mom is my person, but everybody else has somebody else and other things, and sometimes. That allows, especially when I'm about to be on my period, but it allows me to kind of go down this rabbit hole of like everybody else has moved on with their lives and I have not. And it's a a really isolating feeling, like not even obviously knowing what people are going through on their day to day, just like they don't know what I'm going through on my day to day. But again, like you, you know, when everything happened, everybody was kind of looking at me because they know how close I am with my mom. And so- That's been like an interesting thing as well, kind of, again, removing myself from being an extension of her, which I still am, but also being my own person as well. And it's so interesting. You tell the story about, you know, your dreams and, and understanding the realness of God in that. And I want to talk about that too. But a couple months before I lost my mom, I remember like praying over my year and God told me like, this is going to be the year that you have to learn how to make decisions on your own. And so I was like, oh, why would I have to do that? If right. my mom is here, like I don't, she helps me make all my decisions. Why would I have to do that? And so, my, the first thing that came to mind was like, this could only be true if something happened to my mom. But in my head, I'm like, okay, my mom's not sick. Like, you know, and kind of like you, it's like, ugh. I understand the logistics of people passing and I understand that there's a lot of different ways, but for some freak accident to happen or something to happen, it just doesn't seem. And so I remember I asked him, I was like, well, is something gonna happen to my mom? And like, it just went silent. And like you, I was very much like, oh, like, I'm just tripping. Like, I'm just worried. I'm just anxious, whatever. And I remember bringing it to my mom and she was like, oh, like, you don't have anything to worry about, but I do want to go before you. So that's kind of how it's going to be. And so to lose her a couple months later, I'm like, okay. So I do trust that the connection that I have with God and that I thought I have with God is intact. And I, I know now that I all the times that I thought I was hearing him, I was, but I'm still pissed and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. And more than that, I'm disappointed. And so for you, you know, you're having these dreams for all these years and the dreams obviously have stopped since your mom passing. Do you ever find yourself being angry
1: or disappointed
0: or frustrated with God?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, you know, my faith has been, it could, it could be better, you know, honestly, like even just as a young, like I grew up, Christian, my family, both sides of my family are definitely into the church. But I trust that if I'm a good person, God will take care of me, right? If I mm-hmm. if I am out here doing what I can every day to be a good person, that's all that I need. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm going off of. So when he took my mom, part of me was very angry, but also in a way I kind of understood. Yeah. And the only reason why I know that is because my mom admittedly told me that she she wanted to go be with God. And that was one of a very hard pill to swallow as a child, because I'm like, well, the only way for you to do that is to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I how do how how do you want me to handle that? Am I am I supposed to be happy about that? Because I'm not am I selfish? If I don't want that to happen? Part of me was like, Alexis, you, you kind of knew this was coming. You, you just didn't want to deal with it. You know, you, you didn't want to yeah, admit it to yourself. So I think if anything, there are times where I'm not only mad at God, but I'm mad at my mom too. Mm -hmm. And that took me a lot, a lot of therapy to figure out that, you know, I'm allowed to be upset with whoever I am upset with. Because even even my mom that I love dearly, my therapist had to remind me you were upset with your mom before when she was alive at some point. So why not now? Now. You know, and uh, that was a, a reminder that like, I am angry that she's gone. I am angry that God took her I am angry that she wanted to leave. And I think sometimes I have those like feelings of, Some days it honestly just depends on the day, you know, like some days I'm okay with it. Some days I'm like, yeah, this was for the best. Like she was sick. You know, there wasn't much the doctors could do at that point. And then other days I'm like, nah, this is some Bullshit, you know, like this is not okay, you know, and it sucks that she left so early. You know, I think one of the things I'm still struggling with and that I'm angry about is knowing that my mom never had any grandkids. You know, mm-hmm. my mom never got to see me and my brother get married, meet our husband or wife, and like that kind of stuff that a mother should be able to see in her lifetime. She never was able to get that. And that's one thing where for me, it's like, I have to believe in my faith, right? I, I have to, because if I don't, I'd, I'd probably lose my mind. Yeah, I have to hope that my mom is sitting with me on my wedding day. And I have to hope that she's there dancing just in a different way. And I mm-hmm. have to hope that she sends me a child one day and, and graces me with that. I, I have to. And if I don't, then I, I don't know how I'd be able to function as a like, civilized person. I genuinely would do not. I
0: get that 100%. I remember, like, one of the first things I said after I found out my mom had passed was, like, she'll never get to be a grandmother, and she'll never be at my wedding. And I think for a while, I kind of questioned whether or not those things were even important to me anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. and again, that's going back to what seems to be the theme of the conversation is being able to sort of separate yourself from that person and like know that they'll still be here in the way that they are. And I think like you two, I have to believe that. Like Mm -hmm. I have to, because if I don't, I think that's when I I'm done. Like there's no more, there's no more me if I, if I'm fixated on the fact that she's not going to be, because I think that for me, that would force me to not care about the things that i want in my life yeah we all have plans and plans don't go as expected and again i i've told you this before but i'm, I'm just so sorry that we're even having this conversation it's like sometimes i i sit in it and i'm talking about it i'm like wow i'm really talking to somebody else with the shared commonality that our moms are not here did you ever think that you would be sitting here
1: No, no, I, I thought that my mom would get better. Um, I thought that she would be able to fight her disease and that she would, you know, overcome it. Um, That may have just been the foolish me or the optimistic person in me. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is life changing, right? Like we, I I thought that I knew pain until Mm -hmm. I felt this kind of pain. Yeah. I remember like, the screams, that I had that I've never heard before. I can hear them in, in the back of my head. Like I've never like wailing, begging God for an answer why. And I think that like for me, It was definitely an eye opener in like how I dealt with things and and a lot of the trauma that has happened these last few years and and how to handle it. And it kind of really made me open my eyes and and to deal with things that I wasn't dealing with. I think that it sucks to be a part of this club. It's not something you want to be a part of, but it is very validating and knowing, at least for me, that there are other people that feel the way that I feel. I've had like people, a certain a few people around me that definitely negated my feelings and made me think that I was like crazy for feeling how I felt. And yeah, and, and it was, I had to, you know, remove myself from from those people, because it was like, I, I know that I'm not crazy like this. If, if I had a friend that was going through this, I would not treat them that way. I had to definitely rely on my, my family and especially like my mom's side of the family you know because they you know they had a deep connection with her and even my dad's side like my mom and my dad were divorced for years and yet they still claim her as a daughter-in-law you know and yeah. so it's it's nice to to rely on them and I think that like for me I, I definitely I apologize too because when I saw that your mom um had passed I was like I and, and seeing how close you were with your mom, like you were very open and, and, and shared a lot about your mom. And, yeah. and I I love that for you. And And I was like, every time I saw something, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, that's literally so funny. You know, like, the fact that I, I don't know if i told you this but i saw that like you and your um your mom and your dad got married on my birthday literally yeah. to the year and yeah. i was like oh my god like that is so cool you know like you mentioned that you did yeah, yeah yeah you know so i felt like very in a way like connected to you and i was like i definitely feel how she felt about her mom and then you know seeing that definitely made me want to reach out right away because i there aren't really many people that can comfort you in that situation at all there's not many a lot a of people, people don't know they don't know what it they don't know what it's like it's 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 a pain that's totally different and you need you need people in your life that have I, I don't want to say that I've experienced that but know what that feels like
0: yeah yeah and I definitely think For myself and also for you, you start to exude like a strength that you did not, you couldn't even fathom. Like you didn't even know that it existed because every day I keep going. I'm just like, how and. And I'm still pulling myself up and I'm still going to work and I'm still achieving. And it's okay, you know, if if you're not. But for me, I'm just like, wow, be able to show up for myself every day in this way. I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand how I have that in me. And so I'm really really grateful for that and you know, just talking about ourselves and also touching back on frustration earlier that you might have felt with your mom or God. I know a lot of me felt so foolish because I was wishing that it didn't happen. I was wishing that when I knew what was happening, I was wishing it could have been reversed. And and this optimistic sort of mindset or this foolish mindset that that person is going to be here until i'm okay for them to not be here i think that i was really angry with myself as well because i'm just like you dumb ass why would you think that it worked this way you know and i can kind of laugh and you know about it now but i remember being so mad like girl why would you think that you're able to control everything. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your viewpoints on that as well. You know, did you find yourself frustrated with yourself as well for those sort of what I call childish thoughts? And then also, how has that changed you?
1: Yeah, I think that absolutely. I was very frustrated with myself in the fact that I didn't move as quickly as everyone else did, right? Like, um, after the first week after a person passes, right, everyone is talking about it, everyone mm-hmm. is reaching out, everyone is talking to you and making sure you're okay, uh, that I put in quotations. Yes. Um, and right, like, okay, and then people move on with their lives, not mm-hmm. saying that they're not grieving, but they, they Literally. keep going, they genuinely yeah. just move on with their life. And yes. I, that wasn't me. And I was frustrated at myself because I wasn't doing the things that everyone else was. I wasn't yeah. in a rush to go back to work. I wasn't in a rush to go back to my life and, and go back to the gym and, and just go back to my routine. I was like, I can't be here without right. my mom. I felt very yeah. stuck and I was very angry at myself because it's like, how come everyone else is able to move on? And I'm sitting here. Even my stepdad, he went back to work. My brother went back to work and I'm just sitting there like, I can't. I genuinely can't focus. Like, if it's not about my mom, I can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if there was something wrong with me. And I think at the time, I had people around me that were like, yeah, you need to keep going, you need to keep going, you need to keep going. And I, in a way, I was like, I feel like I just need to sit, though, you know, I need to sit with these emotions, and I need to sit here and deal with how i feel cuz i these are emotions that i've never dealt with before nope. these are feelings i've never experienced before i don't know what this is nope. and i think we all grieve and we all heal differently and i think some people it works that they can go back to life and and use those things as distractions but me for me it didn't work that way yeah. i had to sit here and like talk to myself like alexis how are you feeling today alexis you are not feeling well right now you don't want to be here and that's okay 100 percent um let's talk it out like genuinely just talking to myself and checking in with myself and I think that kind of had helped me not be so angry with myself I was very frustrated in the beginning and then I think later on as people go back to their lives and they stop checking in as much and they stop calling and like that's that's where that healing for me Needed to come in, right? Like that's where I had to rely on myself and rely on the tools that my parents gave me to 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 be able to get through this. Um, you know, I think how it's changed me is how I'm. I try my best to be more in touch with my feelings and not like gaslight myself into thinking that I'm being dramatic or I'm being. You know, annoying, and I am not having a good day. And but because I have a roof over my head and because I have food in my fridge, that I shouldn't be upset. You know? right. Um, I think especially living, growing up in a black household and our struggles with mental health and not knowing what mental health was and and, and not really focusing on it, that I had to kind of rework how I think. Like I'm allowed to feel these ways. I, I have the right to feel upset. I have the right to feel grief, and I have the right to feel sad in and, and some moments and, and not have a reason not to. So I think in a way, I never want to say it's a positive, because I don't think there's any positives of my mom dying. But I think that in one way, it has helped me kind of figure out not only who I am as a person, but how do I how do I heal myself, right? Like I know, I know what things in life that I don't like, and I know what hurts me, but how do I properly deal with those things and heal. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to like carry that on into other relationships and my friendships. And I think that's something I'm still working on today. But it definitely is something that I never, never thought about and never probably would have never dealt with. unless my mom had passed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, that communication and and effective communication component. And it's so funny because I went to school for communications, but I think that I learned through losing my mom that the way that I was communicating with people when I was upset just wasn't effective and it, it didn't help. And I think that for me, just being completely honest, I think that I had a lot of sympathy for people, but I think that I lacked a little bit of empathy because of the way that my life looked. It was so far from a lot of trauma and a lot of things that people go through. And so because of that, it was very much like, oh, like, I hear you. I'm sorry. Like, like, I kind of don't want to touch you. And I think that it, it made me sort of reckon with myself. And then also just dealing with those things that like you said you just don't necessarily think about or you probably wouldn't have dealt with if your mom wouldn't have passed and so there is a lot of growth that you exude in that time period and it's so interesting because obviously you have nothing to compare it to right you don't have a a projector that says oh this is what my life would look like if my mom was still here and and i'm in this physical existence this is what it looks like and you can't compare and contrast but for me i genuinely believe that my growth or or my journey would look so much different I think that I would have had a more gradual sort of approach to maturity but it's kind of like when you lose that person to you when you lose your mom it's like I feel like I'm an adult this day the next day oh I know I'm an adult and it feels completely different
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing I've been trying to tell myself is like, you have to mother yourself one day, you're a full fledged adult. And the next you're a kid, like, what do I do next? I think about a year, like maybe six to nine months after my mom passed, I went to a medium. Yeah, that experience was really, really enlightening. One thing I kind of got out of it was that she kept saying this was going to happen, your mom wanted you to be prepared for it as best as you could. And you need to realize how strong you are. And I think that was one of the things that like, I didn't want to give myself credit for. Even the the funeral directors, every time I'd come in with new paperwork or something I had to get done, they'd say, you have no idea how proud your mom would be of you. I do this for a living and I'd never seen someone so on it before and being 24 fresh out of grad school I was like listen one thing one thing for sure this is gonna go flawlessly like I will not have my mom out there and absolutely not 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 on my watch right so everything is going to be crisp clean and in order and and that I think like my mom was so humble person. Like, I know, as a person, she would have said, like, y'all can put me in a shoebox, don't waste no money on that. Like, you know, don't waste your money, you know, like, you can bury me with my shoes, and I'd be good. I'd be like, and I was like, no, you know, as a person, and I know who you are, like, you deserve way more than that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, and I will be damned if I if that happens. So I think that like, it's definitely made me realize I'm much stronger than I thought that I was Mm -hmm. like being able to like, not just, I don't want to say overcome, but be able to get through this and still find light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I remember at one point in my life where I was like, am I going to laugh again? You know, Mm -hmm. am I going to smile again? Like I genuinely believed that I would never do that again. And I like, now it's like, yes, there are things that are funny. There are things I like, but there will always be something missing. There will always, I will always wish that she is here. Yeah, I will always want that. For me, it's just like figuring out like how can I live and just kind of like circling back to the beginning is like how, how can I live for her and me? Yeah. My, in the, the medium told me my mom was very, like she says she's so happy and she's so proud of you and you got mm-hmm. your nails done and she couldn't see me we were on the phone and I had just gotten my nails done mm-hmm. and she was like she likes that uh, like color on you like pink looks good on you and like best believe it was like a blush pink and I was like that's crazy wow. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm
0: saying I went to a medium as well and it's so funny because that you say that it sounds like our moms are very similar because she said one of the things my mom said was that we spent too much money on the funeral which like sounds like something my mom would say but Mm -hmm. I definitely talked about mediums on this show before but I definitely like for anybody who is thinking about it I'm definitely like 100% for it if you're ready for it but Mm -hmm. I'm happy that she was able to show up that way for you
1: yeah you know I I was genuinely curious and I believed I I watched the shows in the past but I was like oh I don't really have a reason to go now I'm like I need to go. You know, Need we got to gotta go. talk, you know, yeah. like, we, we got some things we have to discuss, yeah. Off, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, And yeah. the lady that I went to, she has no social media, like nothing of the sorts, you literally have to call her to make an appointment. And she only accepts check or cash. Like she's like, I don't do no Venmo. I don't do none of that. She doesn't know what PayPal is. She's like seventy years old. Um, And I was like, "For, for some reason, I feel like I trust this woman. And so I didn't really post anything. Like I didn't, I didn't want, like, I was like, just in case, you know, she like was like looking up information. And I remember she said, Oh, your mom really likes it. Like you, did you just get your hair done? Did you get braids I see I keep seeing braids and I was like first of all like this one is like 70 something like white woman like there's no way and I did I just got braids in I got my nails done that day that morning and she told me things that no one else would have known she told me what my mom felt like what my mom looked like when she was passing and my mom didn't didn't get come out of the house like even her siblings and her parent you know didn't even see her Um, and so when she said that, I was like, okay, this is my mom. Yeah. 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 And you know, she just told me things that like, and even talked in the way that my mom would have. And it's like, I, I hear that. She was like, well, it seems like your mom's upset because y'all spent so much money. She's like, why did y'all spend that money? And I'm like, no, I could so hear her saying that.
0: that. Yes. Well, you're definitely going to have to send me, is she still working this medium? Yes, she is are going to have to send me her information. I absolutely will. Yes, but Lexi, I can't believe it's been 45 minutes already. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's crazy. So, I'm going to let you it go in crazy. a second but before I let you go. Is there anything that you wanted to say that we didn't get to?
1: I would just say that one thing that if you have lost your mom, it's you're going to be okay. I think that that's one of the things that like I was worried about like it, it it's gonna be hard. Losing a mom is, is never a, a good thing, right? And it's always something that we're we're struggling with. But one thing that has helped me, and, and I hope that helps other people, is that um, my mom did her best to, to like raise me and my brothers so that like I can live a good life for her. And um, I always think about like what will my mom say, and just you mm-hmm. know, I think that that kind of helps. Um, yeah. But it's it's hard, and and you have every right to feel how you feel, whatever that is. So yeah. I just want to say, like, to anyone out there, I don't know, maybe no one will listen to me, probably not, but that's okay. Um, you know, they will, girl. they will. They will. <laughs> like, just it's okay. I promise. And if you ever need somebody to talk to, I am absolutely here. Because one thing I love talking about is my mom. I could sit here and yeah. talk for hours. I promise you, all day. You. Yeah. <laughs> all day. Uh, they so so.
0: Thank you so much. I actually, it's funny because I have this bracelet that says WWDD, which stands for what would Dinette do? And my mom's name is Dinette. Yeah, love yeah, with these little butterflies on it. So I definitely feel you on that note. But I want to thank you so much for coming and talking nice. to me your calendar. It's been so amazing getting to just know your story a little bit deeper and also know how many similarities that we share. I think that one of my favorite things about this space is being able to forge community and see all the likenesses and the similarities. There's always something. Every time I have somebody on, it's like the episode is either dropping on their birthday or around their birthday or around the date their mom passed, or, you know, there's just some sort of commonality there. You know, you were born on my parents anniversary. So it's just, it's really such a beautiful kismet experience. And I'm just so honored that you trusted me and that you were willing to be a part of this. And for y'all that are listening, I want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of Damn Mom. Really, I'll see you guys in ten days. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five,
2: four, three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel this sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain, and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow, instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One. Full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale, and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can, and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, inhale deeply, and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale, and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them. Just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good. You're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow, or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky, which weighs the light of the sun coming into your imagination. Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great, to relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here, but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.